Hello there, and thanks for joining me in the podcast uh, today. A little bit of a mixture, but a theme, no doubt. You know, in um, recent weeks, I've become increasingly curious as to how many people are dying these days because of COVID, the pandemic. You know, we hear all kinds of messages on the pandemic and how bad it is and what people need to do and not do and all the directions and orders and then the reactions of people to those orders and people leaving jobs, people quitting, people being fired, people being terminated, court cases galore, and on and on and go, this is a mess. We don't have a clear mess. Now, in contrast, Sweden, Denmark, Norway are all on the same page and they're all clear. No mandates, no restrictions, just live wisely. So how can Norway and Sweden and Denmark come to a good position and we can't? And maybe other countries. What has Sweden and Denmark done that we cannot do and will not do and are refusing to do? Very important lesson. So we need to study that. Now the other thing that's come to my attention is how many people are actually dying because of COVID? Well, I, I did some checking on that. And as of the uh, first of the year, it was somewhere just a little over more than 300,000 people per year. So that's a little bit more than 1,000 people per day. Approximately that number. He used that as a kind of a round number for a whole year. Now that's COVID. So then I said to myself, well, what about other disorders that are well known to be deadly and the causes of a high level of death in our country? Heart attacks and cancer. So I did some checking on those two. Interestingly, in a year, the same time, time frame, one was over 700,000, one was over 600,000. So almost double, and, and a little bit more than double, the people who are dying of COVID. So we have to put that in perspective. Those are the three top killers in our country uh, by means of disease or disorders or medical conditions. Why are we not making the same degree of fuss over cancer and heart disease and heart attacks as we are over COVID. Why are we not advocating certain health restrictions and healthy living and protective living for those two disorders as we are for COVID? Somehow or another, this COVID thing has gotten out of perspective. It's gotten out of whack a little bit. We're giving a great deal of attention to it and neglecting to pay as much attention or even a reasonable amount of attention to other medical conditions. So then I want to step further. What about abortion? We know that abortion is a killer of children at a high level. Well, the statistics indicate that about the same period of time, we're killing by the abortion process 1,000 children per day. So just a little over 300,000 per year. So it's about a thousand uh, children per day that we're killing by abortion. So use that as a round number. So why are we not concerned about the death of children by abortion as we are the death of children by means of COVID or the death of children by means of cancer? You see, we got things out of whack. We're not, we're not in perspective on this. Thing. We should be concerned about death, premature death, unwarranted death, unmerited death. And all those fall into the same category. They are all unmerited, unwarranted. Abortion, COVID, cancer, heart disease. Those are all premature deaths. 
Those are all deaths that we could have prevented. Those are all deaths that we could avoid. Those are all deaths that we can minimize if we just take certain steps. So, you see, I think we're out of whack on this whole thing. It's kind of a value system of our political system. The values are not consistent. We're not uh, really holding up high the banner of life and liberty or even the pursuit of happiness. We're denying the pursuit of happiness by means of death. Look at these four means of death. And the total number of people that are dying as a result of that. 700,000, 600,000, 300,000, 300,000. And round numbers. It's a little bit more than that. You maybe add another 500,000 totally. So that's really the number of deaths that we could be preventing, but we're allowing to happen. But we're only picking one of them to really focus on through our political efforts and our governmental efforts and our governmental uh, system of setting standards and setting conditions and setting restrictions and means of prevention. We can do better. We need to have a different value system within our political system. We need a value system in our political system that values life. We don't value life. Okay, now let me just shift a little bit to another topic, which I think is a very important one. It's similar. It's very similar. That is social media in our kids. You know, that can be a kind of a form of a killer too, by the way. It may not kill the life of an individual, but it certainly can kill the values of a child. It can certainly kill the stamina of a child. It can certainly kill the interests of a child. It can certainly be detrimental to the growth and development and maturity of a child. So what about social media? Well, it's social media is primarily a girl thing. More girls use social media than boys. Now, here's the other point you have to keep in mind. Those that use, use social media and use it a, a lot, use it every single day, quite a few hours per day, do less well in school, and over time they drop in their grades, and they drop in their school interest, and they drop in their school involvement, and in their academic achievement. They drop over the course of the next number of years, as compared to those that get involved in gaming, which are primarily boys, by the way, but gaming. Gaming, the kids that do that over the course of time, their grades tend to go up. Achievement tends to go up. Academic involvement tends to go up. Academic interest tends to go up. Scores in math and reading and spelling and so on tend to go up. So you see, social media really is a critical issue, primarily among our girls, because the more we allow them involved in social media, the more we are allowing them to become non-academic, non-educated. Education is less important, less valued, and less achieved by those that do social media. So we got to be very careful in the degree to which we allow social media to take place. Now here's another thing about it in terms of the impact upon mental health. We know that those that are involved in social media tend to be more depressed. Now there's two things. Depressed kids tend to turn to social media, so they are depressed to start with, but they become more depressed. So social media encourages depression but it encourages even more depression by kids who use social media who are already depressed. So it's not a positive experience. It's not something to be encouraged. Because social media is kind of a lonely world. It's an isolated world. It's a world that you just interact with somebody by means of, a, uh, of an electronic device and through a window, but no personal contact. 
Now, we know that even those that do social media, I mean, uh, pardon me, gaming as compared to social media, also can become more depressed, particularly if they are depressed when they start. Although they don't get as much depression as those that use social media. So overall, gaming tends to win out. It tends to be a more favorable use of, of technology as compared to social media. So if, as, as a parent, you need to be very concerned what your kids are doing, and whether they're gaming or they're into social media. And if they're into social media, you need to be very concerned about that and be very much monitoring you know, what they do. Now, during this pandemic, the use of social media has skyrocketed because kids are home, kids are alone, so they start searching for things to do and people to talk to and interactions to have and at the same time find themselves lonely. It's kind of their hope that maybe they'll be less lonely through social media. So lonely kids seek social media. Social media fosters loneliness, so it's a vicious cycle. To some degree, if you just say to some degree, and for small amounts of time, social media might be helpful to somebody to at least talk to somebody, where otherwise they're alone all day and they talk to no one, and they're isolated. So here's the caution. A little bit of something is good. A lot of something is not good. Or put it the other way around. A little bit of a good thing is good. A lot of a good thing is bad. So that's kind of the rule of thumb that you might want to consider. A little bit of social media might be fine. Now, what does that mean? Well, in psychology, we have done some research in this particular topic, and we kind of come down on the topic or on the range of around two hours a day, no more than three hours a day. One hour might be okay, it might be better. But use that rule of around two hours a day of social media, and we're probably not creating real havoc in the life of a child, or the life of a family for that matter. But when you get into social media more than that, they're into that two and four and six hours a day, now we're into depression, now we're into destruction, now we're into the decreased level of social living and socialization. Now people are hiding, kids are hiding, kids are withdrawing, even if they have somebody at the end of the line on the social media scale, they're basically isolating themselves and withdrawing. And the other thing is, the more you spend on social media, the less you spend doing other things, such as reading, such as doing your math homework, such as doing art, such as creating poetry, such as creating music, learning a musical instrument, learning how to play a sport, learn how to cribbage, learn how to play chess, talking with a family around the table, talking with friends, neighbors. You see, social media takes us away from other things. And when you're, and you're being taken away from other things, there's a loss in your life. There's an absence in your life of things that otherwise could be very enriching. So if you become less involved in creative activities because of social media, of course you become less creative and you lose that joy of creating something being recognized as a creative person, being recognized for the creative work that you do, whether it be art or music or dance or photography or, you know, whatever it might do. So parents, make sure your child spends a little time on social media, perhaps a little more time in gaming, and then a lot more time in creative and non-technology activity.
everything from reading to writing and arithmetic to art and sports and whatever it might be let these kids develop social skills let these kids develop their creative skills let these kids develop their mathematical skills their intellectual skills or cognitive skills and you don't do that on social media so there you are that's the lesson for the day and I trust that that will be helpful to you as a parent as you talk about this with the kids listen to this podcast as a family and then talk about it or take some notes and then go back and talk as a family about this podcast and some of the things that I've commented about and get some understanding within your family get some agreements within your family have a way in which social media plays a role but it doesn't have a dominating role in the life of your family bye for now